listening and a session of bite-sized conversations with Jenny Walker and Kylie Mowbray-Allen. Jenny, great to see you again. How are you going? I'm very well. Lovely to see you too. It's so nice to see everyone on a Friday. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> pouring with rain here, but uh, and it's, <laughs> it's a little chilly, <laughs> but I do love a Friday. I feel like it's my day to get all the things finished for the end of the week. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big day ahead. How about you? Um, yeah, I've got a fairly big, I've got meetings back to back from this and sessions up until about one o'clock. And then uh, I've got some voiceovers to do this afternoon. But other than that, oh, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> fun times, fun times. So our topic today, um, email marketing, which I'm really excited to be talking about. So you probably are the same as me and get flooded, right? Your inbox is flooded pretty much every day. Very much so. In fact, I, the email marketing conversation is something that I've been talking to a couple of clients about recently because the importance of getting people off social media into your inbox so that you can actually, you know, engage with them and have a conversation with them, invite them into that dialogue. But this is your bread and butter. You're, you know, you're a digital marketing specialist working around the different ways that you can actually engage with clients is your specialty. So I'm going to ask you up front, what do you see the value of email marketing being? Well, my favorite thing about email marketing is that it doesn't just disappear. So if I haven't gone onto Instagram today or yesterday even, or for, if I'm having a little social media break that I haven't been on for days, then I've missed all your posts, haven't I? They've just, you might've put all this time and effort into making an incredible, amazing post or a reel or whatever, but I've missed it because I haven't been on that platform at that time. But you've sent me an email and where is it? It's sitting in my inbox until I actually delete it. So that's the main value, I think, is that it stays there until somebody chooses to take some kind of action with it. I hadn't actually thought about that as one of the reasons. And I do love that because as you say, you're in the inbox. It's like someone standing at your front door and just waiting for you, isn't it? It's like, I'm here, I'm going to hang out until you're ready to chat to me. And then we can kind of talk to each other. But I do love that. And I hadn't actually thought about, I mean, I think of all the other great value about getting, you know, keeping the contacts off social media, you start to own the relationship rather than just have it on social media, which can be taken away from us at any time. That idea that it's in your inbox and that you can just go back to it whenever you feel like it. I love that. Totally. And I certainly don't read all the things that come into my inbox every single day. I you know, scan the subject line and decide what's going to be put away for later when I've got the time or what's urgent and needs to be read now. So that's really, I think, the biggest top tip that I can share of anything to do with email marketing today is you've got to nail your subject line because if it's boring, if it's salesy, if it's this, this, or this, you've lost me already. And I can very easily just click delete without actually opening it. So unless your subject line is enticing me to open it, then you've lost me. So I think that's really important. And one thing that um, I, if you just take a look at your inbox and scan down just the subject lines, what are the ones that actually appeal to you or make you take notice? For me, it's the ones where there are a couple of emojis in there they stand out straight away. Maybe it's adding a couple of um, capital letters in a word or, you know, making a whole one word, not obviously a big shouty subject line, but 
anything you can do that's going to help your one stand out from the crowd. So I don't want to see just another 15% into financial, 15% off into financial year sale. You know, another one of those is like, oh, another, another, another. Unless, of course, it's somebody that I really do want to, you know, avail of that amazing sale from. But on the whole, we've got to really focus on how can we make our email subject line stand out so that they get opened. So it's a really good question though, in terms of subject lines though, because there's lots of different ways, lots of different types of email marketing. I mean, there's that newsletter that you get either a weekly or monthly. There's the emails that you do when we're remarketing or retargeting people. There's full on promotional emails, which very much if you're a product selling, you're probably doing a lot of more promotional and kind of here's the new products. And then there's that type where you're actually trying to get clients in. I think, you know, in different language you use like acquisition emails or retention emails or how you're doing it. So how do you know When's the right time to use the different types of emails? I think the first thing is, is that you've got to be testing everything you do. So split testing, basically. So first of all, I'd go, okay, uh, sales emails going to work for me. If so, do I need them to be weekly? Do I need them to be twice weekly? Do I need them just to be monthly? Do I need, so mostly what we do with our clients is that we do a monthly newsy email. So it's a chatty one. So we might include a link to a blog post. Um, to have a little excerpt of that. We might have, um, you know, share a review in there. We might share some tips in there. <coughs> Excuse me. So what we're doing basically is making sure that we're connecting and communicating in the same way that we would be in the in our groups or on our pages, et cetera. So it's a flow on in terms of the vibe we're putting out with our branding or uh, through our business. But then we make sure that there's also some kind of sales blast going out too. The sales blast is short and sweet. So that might be, boom, this product is on sale. This service is on sale. Boom, 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 you need to know about that. Or oh, it doesn't need to even be about it being on sale. But boom, we've just launched this new thing or new package or whatever. Really short, sharp and sweet. So I'm not advocating do a monthly newsletter and that's all. But you need to, in between times, have something else. That's just the way I personally like to do it and that's after a lot of testing other people like to do a weekly exactly the same and consistent so at the end of the day it's totally each business will be different about what's working for them but i think the key word there is consistency so whether you do three sales blasts um, a month and one newsy one or whether you want to do a newsy every week but just keep remembering though that people are time poor so i don't want a newsy one all the time and in fact i've recently been clearing up my inbox and noticed some of the ones that I was clearing out and unsubscribing from was sending me a newsletter every second day. No wonder they're sitting in the promotions tab and never <laughs> ever getting open because it's just, it's too, too much. much. It's just too much. The other thing is sometimes, like at the moment, it's quite on trend to do a newsletter that actually looks like a regular email. So no graphics, no nothing. Hi, Jenny. Hey, wow, hasn't it been a big week? Blah, blah, blah. Well, actually you've lost me. For others, that might be great. It might work for them. For me, it doesn't work. I really like to see some images. I'm very visual. So, you know, I really want to see, hey, I want, I want to be excited about something. I don't want to be like, oh, my God, that's like reading a blog. And I actually don't have time for that right now. So yeah. I'll put it aside for later. So I think making sure that you really know your audience, you know, working on those customer avatars so that you can work out what does my audience want from me? What are they expecting to see? 
Yeah. Yeah. What about your inbox? Well, before we get to my inbox, my inbox is a bit crazy. And there's one email that we're going to talk about that we chatted, you know, a couple of weeks ago about. But when it comes to your email, though, that you mentioned the term consistency and you've said that a couple of times. So why is it important to have consistency in the types of emails? Like, why can't we do a newsletter one month and then three sales emails the next month and then change it up every month? Why do we need consistency in our email marketing? Actually, you know what? You can do that if you want to, but be consistent at that. Don't be every single week for six months and then very sporadic with a bit of this and a bit of this because at the end of the day, the people want to hear from us. If they've chosen to sign up to you, because they do want to hear from you, but so they need to know what to expect. So why don't you put it out there and say, "I'm going. we're going to send you newsletters from time to time when we feel like we have something to say. Good, because then I know what to expect. Okay. Or you can say to me, I'm going to send you a newsletter every Monday and I'll go, good, I know what to expect. So that's more what it's about is it's it's knowing who your audience is and sharing expectations with them, I think. I love that. So and I'm going to ch- change it. So it's not about being consistent. It's about making sure you're meeting the expectations of your audience, yes. whatever those expectations are. So I think that's really important. And you and I, like I have a subscription folder where I put all my kind of emails to read at some point. I think it's now sitting at like 6,000 emails in that kind of <laughs> after doing a big clear out. But there was that one email that we got recently into our inbox, which was not even an address. It just came to not even to hi Jenny. It was just straight into the contents up the front. It was about six paragraphs. Then it said sign off. And then the PS was nine paragraphs. So it was this giant block of text that looked like I just opened an Encyclopedia Britannica back in the day when they were physical books. And I was just bombarded with text and no one subscribed. What was, was so like, good about what? it, Jenny, though, when you showed me is it was good entertainment value. Like at least we had a good laugh about it. <laughs> this is very true but it's that idea to say well what do you do when you've got that so how do you make sure so they've obviously and I've I've opened a number of their emails they've always been pretty cool but then this one came and I was like did this get sent by someone else what happened here like why do we get how do we get it so wrong how do people get it so wrong when they're doing emails Yeah, it's why it's such a good idea to go with an email service provider. So it might be like we're with Keep, which is Infusionsoft. um, We also, our Positive Passionate Businesswoman networking group is run through MailChimp. Most of our clients are run through MailChimp. There's all kinds of different platforms out there, you know, and some are free and some you pay for. And honestly, that would be my suggestion is going with a platform like that because they're going to keep you on track. So they put all the legal requirements in there, like the unsubscribes and the, you know, all the little bits and pieces that you need to know about. Also, what's so super good is that when you look at that Can Spam Act, so you cannot spam people, you cannot. Um, so for example, if you unsubscribed from Positive Passionate Businesswoman newsletters, I cannot then physically add you back in. I cannot do it. MailChimp will not allow me to do that because that is the rules. That is the law. So that's really, really important is that if you're just sending out big, massive emails like the one you showed me, basically from Gmail or something like that. So there is no unsubscribe button, which you actually have to include. There is nothing like that. And so they're just going to keep messaging you until you block, report, whatever, whatever. So that's really important. Then also remember, even if you're using those other platforms like MailChimp, for example, if your emails get reported, by the time that's happened more, I think it might be three times, then boom, you can't even be sending stuff out anymore. So really, you've got to treat those email addresses that you have collected with respect. 
I love that. And, that. and I think that's a really important thing, isn't it? This is a conversation. This is like, it's just a conversation in written format. It's like writing someone a letter. Back in the day, you wouldn't spam people with a letter every day unless it was maybe a love letter. But even then, there'd be a point where you're like, okay, I've had enough, right? Yeah. So that, that the idea of the email marketing is really starting a conversation, isn't it? It's not just about a one-way dialogue. Because I know that we've had a lot of success when we've done emails that instead of saying the call to action, I think, uh, you know, James Tuckerman calls it a hand raise post hand raise email where it says you know click here and do something for me or put your hand up if you want it but I actually get success when I say hey tell me how you're feeling so here's some notes here's what's happening with me but now just you know send a reply and let us know how you're going tell us that you got this email and it may not be a huge conversion number but we get some really great engagement from our clients because we're actually asking them to start a conversation with us and again on their terms it's not me selling to them it's not me necessarily saying you have to jump on a Zoom call. It's just tell me how you're going. Mm, I think that's really important. And so making sure that you've got those call to actions in there. So is it because you want them to hit reply and say how you're feeling? Is it that you want them to click this link and book into your webinar? Is it that you want them to click the link and read the rest of the blog or to buy the product or to sign up to something? Whatever it is, you need to make it super, super clear. But my top tip around that is make sure you're telling them more than once and making it really easy. So for example, if you put an image in there and you put words in here and you put a button in here. So the image might be the graphic that they've seen on socials and they're like, oh, I recognize that about that 30% off something or other on that top. So I see the graphic, am I a visual person? Yes, so therefore I will click the image to see where that takes me. The next one will be a little bit of a blurb about it, literally like a sentence, and it might say in there, click here to buy it. So there'll be just as many people that would click the image as there would be that will click the words in that spot. Mm. And then below that, there'd be a button that says buy now. Then there'll be, again, maybe a third of the people will be clicking the button. So what I notice when I look at all the stats, every time we're setting up newsletters is pretty much for me and for all of our clients, it's just as many people will be clicking a graphic as clicking a button as clicking words. So because everybody reading it is different. So making sure that you're giving people options. And if you keep them clicking all, well, not clicking, but if you keep them intrigued and all the way down to the bottom of your newsletter, and then you've got your socials. So follow us on our socials at the very, very bottom, then you're keeping people going. Like you've got so many different ways. You're allowing them to connect with you in so many ways. And what I like also about that is it also reflects to whether you're looking at it on your mobile or your desktop. Because I know if I'm looking on my desktop, I tend to click the links. But if I'm on my mobile phone, 100%, I'll click the image. And there's nothing worse than when I get an email that I know is a sales email and I go to click press the image and the image has no link in it. And it's so frustrating because it's asking me, it's telling me to buy. And then I have to scroll to find the button or the link. So I think having that link in the image is a really great tip for those who are new to email marketing is to make sure that there is that options. So it is accessible, isn't it? It's making it accessible yeah. for anybody. So it's a no brainer decision. It's not like, well, where do I go to find this person or to, totally. to connect with this person? And also in your header, like if you've got a header graphic, make sure that that clicks through to somewhere. So every opportunity that you've got all the way throughout. So say you were talking about um, your upcoming imposter syndrome day, right? That's coming up at the end of July. Let's say you say that you were sending out an email about that. 
So you might have the graphic that matches what's on socials. So we want the graphic to click. We might have book now as a button that's going to click to the same place. We might have a little bit of blurb about it. Then you might talk about something else completely in your newsletter. Make sure that that then clicks to somewhere else on your website. It might be through to read a blog. It might be to book a chat with you or whatever it is. Then let's sum it up at the very end with a buy from Jenny, uh, you know, as in see you later from Jenny. And then also remember to register here and um, to join me on the on the full day workshop or whatever. So making sure that it continues through and then finalizes with a with a little reminder. And and you and and I think that's really good. But what I really liked about what you said then is it's the bit after you say hello, isn't it? Right. So say goodbye. Sorry. So from Jenny. So bye from Jenny. But then I love. I'm actually loving postscripts at the moment. I know they're becoming incredibly popular with people. I want it to be only some of the email, not the whole email, like we've talked about. <laughs> but having that link at the end to say, by the way, remember what I asked you at the front, which was by, register for the event or or click with me or join me on my socials having that little postscript to remind them as a close to say remember this is the purpose of my email so whatever it was whatever your primary kind of call to action is having that as a postscript I really kind of love when I'm watching or reading other people's emails that come to me yeah totally and I'm always surprised when people don't think of including other ways that they can connect with you so for example for me it would be and remember to join the hello media facebook group because this week, I just did an announcement about, um, you know, the latest thing that's happening with Instagram Reels, which was very exciting, and the latest thing that's happening with Instagram Stories. So I didn't even mention what the latest thing was. It was like, remember to join the Facebook group. Yeah. So then they'll go click, join, and yay, now they can find out all the things. Yeah. What I also, um, I'm interested to know, though, because we've talked a lot about what, what the construction of your email looks like, making sure I'm subscribing, not spamming, using, you know, uh, marketing tools like, uh, you know, whether it's Drip or whether it's MailChimp or whatever it might be to manage your email, email mail outs. But how do we actually get the email addresses? So we've got this great idea about how to make great emails. But if I've only got a list of five people, it's a very narrow pool. So how do I, how do I increase the number of emails I have on my email list? So that's such a great question. And I love working in this space. So I'd say three ways, for example, that we do just in health media. So the first one would be lead magnets. But instead of it being a lead magnet to, um, well, for example, the, the, the lead magnets that we do, so it'll be like, you know, 10 tips to write better email subject lines, for example. So to download that, you have to get hand over your email address. So that's great. We can then use graphics for that and do it in Pinterest ads or even just Pinterest pins and things and put it out there. And if the graphic is enticing enough, then people will click through, put their email address in to get that great lead magnet. So that's a winner for starters because you're not getting them in any kind of, you're not getting anybody other than people that are interested in what you're putting out. So that's, that's firstly a really awesome lead. Secondly, is that in our Facebook groups, then you can't enter without um, or be you know approved until you've answered answered some questions. And one of those is to put an email address in there. So up until about six-ish months ago, we had a um, an external platform that we used to record everything that was written in those questions because unfortunately a lot of people got caught out with Facebook groups because they assumed that all of the quest uh, the answers that people are leaving to those questions were being saved somewhere in Facebook land but alas they never were so you might have thought you were saving all these hundreds of email addresses and you'd grab them at some point but no they were being saved nowhere 
So Facebook just changed that, you know, in recent times. So now actually you can go in and, and grab those. Not anything from before though. So only from what's happening now. So that's really important is that, and if they're not going to hand over or answer the questions to get into my group, then I don't want them in there anyway, because having people in my group that aren't even going to engage actually is going to do more damage to my group than good. So yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely only want the people in there that are going to be really engaged. So that's the second one is coming into your groups, get those email addresses. And then the third one would be, what kind of interactions are you having with people? Where it might be that, well, all of your clients, obviously, you're going to grab those. It might be that you run free webinars where you get them to pre-register on Zoom so that you can get those email addresses. So I only want good email addresses. So I want them for people that are actually interested in what I put out there or how I help people. So that's really important. I'd rather have a list of 500 or 10,000 than 100,000 of people that aren't really interested in what I put out yep. there. Yep, I love that. And um, taking a step back, and particularly with when it comes to email lists, there's a lot of conversation about people saying, but what about those people who don't know they need you yet, but you still get those emails? And there's a lot of strategies about pulling emails from LinkedIn and, and all your Google list and all your email list on Google or Outlook. But there is a challenge about that, isn't there? Because you do, it does feel like spamming if someone has actually come into your inbox through a, through a, a different way or through a backdoor, if you like, and now you're emailing them. There is a risk there that they might reject that and then report you for spam or completely unsubscribe. So you, I love that idea about having quality over necessary quantity. You want to build your quantity over time, but the better fit for those for your services, the better value you're going to get and the better outcomes you're getting, particularly with those services that do pay for the emails, you know, where you have to pay for the number of emails that you send. So you do want to make sure that those kind of high quality leads in there. Um, We've had a, call, a question from Keely on Facebook that says, when starting out, when you're just trying to get stuff done, how do you know what the expectations are of your audience? Great question, Keely. Let me just have a little read of that. So, yeah, that's a really, really interesting one. So, again, it comes down to testing. So, put a bit out there and see what it is that they're responding to. So, ideally, you would have them following you on your socials, signing up to your email list, you know, being part of all the different things. So why not put it out there even as a survey or as a poll and start testing what people want, what they're interested in, et cetera. So yeah, test, I cannot say enough how important testing is. So I always talk about split testing on your on your websites, testing what your types of style that you're putting out on your socials, but exactly the same for your emails. Be testing the type of content that you're putting out there. Test the type of subject lines that you're doing. And that's really important. So yeah, making sure that you're getting a feel for what's actually needed or wanted from your audience. I, I was in a coaching session earlier this week or a group, group session with James Tuckerman from B2B School. And he talks about that templates of your emails because there's a lot of great templates out, out there. But I loved his comment that templates are for testing. And that's exactly yeah. what you do. You don't need to send it to everybody. You don't, if you have a 500 or a thousand or even a 5,000 list, send them into batches of 50 or 100 people and see what the response is. And if you have that, then you can tweak and change. So when you're talking about testing, we're not sending 5,000 out. Sorry, I keep hitting my mic. 5,000 out and then going, oh, 
they didn't respond. It's actually saying, let's send 50, let's send 100, let's spend, send small bites and see what that feedback is. So when you, and that also it's about knowing your avatar, isn't it? So if we yes. go back and know who is our ideal client, we know who our client is, we know what their pains are, we know what their needs and wants are. And we're actually asking them how we're actually getting to know them before we even sort of start engaging them. So we need to do that as good, as good business owners, as good, you know, marketers to say, well, let's actually understand what our clients want from my business and from my service. And then let's match our communications to that and email just being a form of that communication. Absolutely. And Jenny, I think that brings us to a great point that, well, next week we're having a, we're mixing it up. We're having a guest speaker in, but the following week we're back to you and I. And so how about we talk about customer avatars? Because it comes up in every single aspect of what I do with clients all day, every day is unless you know who your audience is or more to the point who you want them to be, then how can you even market to them? How can you even converse with them until you actually know what, you know, what, yeah. So let's do that. <laughs> let's go back to avatars. So I wanted just to summarize. So we're talking about today email marketing, the importance of email marketing. And one is about making sure that we, you know, understand the expectations. And we do that through knowing your avatar, which we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks. We need to be really clear about setting uh, consistency or expectations about communication so that we're, if you're always sending a, month, a monthly email, then make sure it's monthly. If you're sent, if you commit to sending a weekly email or writing a weekly blog and promoting it, then you have to keep doing that because you are actually creating a trust relationship through emails and through dialogue. The importance of actually, and I love the one that we put importance about making sure that it, it's matching the brand and matching what we're putting out on our other mediums as well. So we don't want something completely left of center on an email and promoting something completely different. It needs to be consistent across our, lab, our, our business, across the branding. And there was one more that you talked about. And what was well, that? I just, I just want to add one that I actually hadn't even mentioned, which is don't buy email addresses. So, and it's funny because I was just speaking with you earlier, Jenny, and we were talking about accountants, for example. And I said, so our accountant sold his um, business and merged. And I said, but my contact, I wasn't for sale. I chose that accountant. So what I find interesting is that now I feel like I'm being spammed by an accounting company that I didn't sign up to. So I think that's really important. So whether you've actually bought a list that you can do in a dodgy way or whether you've bought a list like, they did in an actually fully legit way you've got to really respect the email addresses of those people and treat them well because blimey one will unsubscribe and you've lost them and it's a relationship isn't it and that's the extension the piece that I was going to say the one of the key things that you said very early on it's a relationship with somebody on that email it's actually inviting them into a conversation they're saying you're, you're saying I'm sitting in your inbox waiting for you to chat to me and when you're ready I'm here for you and if you do that in a kind of sleazy or a kind of over-the-top way people are going to reject that pushback and say actually that person's not for me when actually you might be the perfect fit you just didn't communicate Absolutely. it very well on email absolutely so test 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 test. not with your whole database with small segments of your database start with even five or ten emails start with 20 doesn't matter what you have but small testing and see what the response is and see what your clients but i love the one tip which you kind of slipped in and didn't really focus on but you can use it as a poll. So if you have a group particularly, or you have an email list, you can email them and say, hey, I want to make sure I want to communicate with you how you want me to. Let me know how often you want to chat to me. And you can actually do that in an email through SurveyMonkey or one of the other survey platforms and actually invite people to tell you when they want to talk to you. 
And I'll just give you a little example of what we do where we're segmenting people. So you can do this in Keep or in MailChimp or any of them, where you can tag your, your um, people in there and choose what they're being tagged with. So I'll give you an example. We do that monthly Let's Get Visible workshop. So those people then get loaded into Keep. They get tagged with Let's Get Visible and then, of course, that topic that they attended. They then get sent out an email with the recording, with the resources that we shared, et cetera, et cetera. And with a link to a survey, how did you enjoy that workshop? Um, and, you know, easy little things to answer. And then, you know, what would you like to see more of? And then down the end, um, you know, would you write us a little review in here that we can use, but also click through and copy and paste it on Google and Facebook or what, you know. So we're giving people options and ways of doing things. But we're not sending that out to a whole database. We're sending it out to that segment that attended that one workshop. Yep. Then we can target them again and say, hey, because you attended last month, we'd like to give you a free ticket to this month's, for example. So yeah, making sure that you can segment all the time and tag the appropriate people. Some of our um, customers in there, in that database, have 10 different tags on them because that's what's relevant. So make sure you're not all lumping everybody in one thing and just sending out everything to everybody all the time. I think that's a really great tip. And that's what the event, one of the advantages of using a tool like Keep or MailChimp or Drip or whatever you're using is that you can tag and you can segment your audience so that you are doing the right communication to the right person at the right time. And that they Even might come Facebook. back to you. Yeah. Well, it's such a great conversation always. Email marketing is such a powerful tool for your business. And if you're not using it, definitely reach out and have a chat to Kylie and her team about how she can support you build your email marketing. And how can they do that, Kylie? Oh, get in touch or join the Facebook group, Hello Media, um, or find us on socials, hellomedia.team or on our website, hellomedia.team. We have a 30-minute discovery Zoom to see if we're a great fit. So yeah, jump on that and I'd love to chat. And what about you, Jenny? How can people get in touch? So I have a workshop on the 30th of July. It's on um, overcoming imposter syndrome and looking at ways that we can actually cure fear and doubt and get past it and use it to actually help us build our business, not stop us from building our business. But I'm on elephant in the room, AU, Insta and Facebook are the two places you can come and join our group, people, purpose, profit, business network. But we're often hanging out on social. So at elephant in the room, AU on Insta or Facebook are the easiest way to find us or through our website. Beautiful. Well, I look forward to seeing you very soon with our next topic coming up. So yeah, we've got some great ones happening and coming at you all. So thanks so much for joining us, everyone. And we will be seeing you very soon. Thank Have you. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.